0: A very good morning to each of us. What a beautiful day that the Lord has made. She willll rejoice in it. Once again, I want to welcome each and every one of us and this beautiful morning, Sunday, the 8th of May, 2022. The year is going. Before we start, shall we praise it? Our Lord and our God, we thank you this morning. We've come to say thank you for how you've preserved us. We've come to say thank you for your goodness. We've come to say thank you for your love and mercy. Our Lord and our God, we know that you are here in our midst. Move in our midst, O Lord. Mm-hmm. Speak even through me, an ordinary vessel. Lord, speak to your people in the language that will understand. Father, guide us, lead us, forgive all our shortcomings. Thank you Lord. Amen. Even though I did not tell Brian, I just decided not to (laughs) I just decided to do something else today Um, as I was preparing somehow The Lord just put a different message into my heart. So I just want to share with you. On the topic, I say, trusting in God, even when it seems impossible. Trusting God, that means in every situation, whether it's good good or bad, when it's impossible. Many of us have been in such situations that we're almost like kind of throwing in the door, the towel. But at that point, that is when we need to trust God the more, knowing that he's able to do all things and can see us through all, the, all that the world threw on us. Is able. And I, I will take my text uh, from Job, Job 19, the book of Job 19, and I will read from 1 to 29. Job 19. Then Job answered and said, How long will you torment my soul and break me in pieces with words? These 10 times you have reproached me. You are not ashamed that you have wronged me. And if indeed I have erred, my error remains with me. If indeed you exalt yourself against me and plead my disgrace against me, Know then that God has wronged me, and has sounded and has surrounded me with His net. If I cry out concerning wrong, I am not heard. If I cried aloud, there is no justice. He has fenced up my way, so that I cannot pass. He has set darkness in my path He has stripped me of my glory and taken the crown from my head. He breaks me down on every side and I am gone. My hope, he has uprooted like a tree. He has also kindled his wrath against me and he counts me as one of his enemies. His troops came together And build up their road against me. They encamped all around my tent. He has removed my robe. He has removed my brothers far from me and my acquaintances are completely estranged from me. My relatives have failed and my close friends have forgotten me. Those who dwell in my house And my medservants count me as a stranger. I am an alien in their sight. I call my servant, but he gives no answer. I beg him with my mouth. My breath is offensive to my wife. And I am repulsive to the children of my own body. Even young children despise me. I arise and they speak against me. All my close friends abhor me, and those whom I love have turned against me. My bone cling to my skin and to my flesh, and I have escaped by the skin of my teeth. I have pity on me. Have pity on me. Have pity on me, O oh you my friends. For the hands of God has struck me. Why do you persecute me as God does and are not satisfied with my flesh? Oh that my words were written, oh that they were inscribed in the book, that they were engraved on a rock with an iron pen and laid forever. For I know that my Redeemer lives, and he shall stand at last on the earth. And after my skin is destroyed, this I know, that in my flesh, I shall see God, whom I shall see for myself, and my eyes shall behold, and not another, how my hearts yawn within me. If you shall save, how shall we persecute him, since the root of the matter is founded in me? Be afraid of the sword of yourself for yourselves, for wrath brings the punishment of the sword, that you may know there is a judgment. Amen. Amen. Now, the book of Job, according to Matthew Henry. Stand by itself. It's not connected with any other book and therefore is considered alone. On who might be the author, some scholars believe it was written by prophet Isaiah or some of the later prophets, but the subject seems more ancient. It is perhaps the earliest book of the Bible, set in the period of the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. However, one thing we are sure, it is given by inspiration of God, though we are not sure who wrote it. The name Job has two possible things meanings if derived from Hebrew it means persecuted one but it is more likely that it comes from the Arabic word meaning to come back or repent and this is the case or rather if this is the case it may be defined as repented one. The book of Job tells a compelling story of a man who lost everything, his wealth, his family, his health, and wrestled with questions why? Why? This is common thing with human beings, even with believers as well. There are things that will happen, and we'll, ask, and we'll ask, ask that question, why. Sometimes we question God. Sometimes we question ourselves, or we question the circumstances, or whatever. But that question, why, is so wide that sometimes, if we expect answer from God, even if He answered, we will not understand. On Wednesday after the midweek service, I remember my monchis said to pray for me concerning car. I was like, okay. So after the after the meeting and everything, so it was already late, but somehow I decided to go out, you know, just to go to work. Every Part of me was like, sit down there, go and lie down. But I was like, I have to go. I pick up my key and I went, and I put the uh, the app on. No calls, nothing until I get to the city. On getting to the city, immediately I came to the city. I got a call. I got a call, and uh, that call was somebody going to Dundalk. I rather uh, Dundalk, yeah. So I pick it. So I was like, even if this one, I would just from there connect N50 and go home. On my way, just 15 minutes, I have 15 kilometers to the destination, the car just caught, start losing power. No, nothing, no signs, no pre-warning, nothing. So it stopped us in the, on the middle of the road, middle of nowhere, like, you know, it was late, it was around 11 or to 12, and the passenger himself was kind of afraid because he was like, what is going on? I said, I don't know, the car just stopped. But it was 15 minutes to his destination anyway. So he was very kind and uh, sympathetic, so he rang his wife to pick him up, which uh, he, she did. Now, the first thing that came to my mind was, why? First of all, I questioned myself, why did you in the first place, had to go? Because there was all these signs, every sign was telling you not to go. The another question was, why now? And why here? So anyway, to cut long story short, I had to call uh, rescue teams and everything, which (laughs) um, I thought I had a good rescue team, but it was the worst. And they know that because they haven't even called or rather wrote for, for, you know, sometimes when they do this, they will call, they will send a message for you to assess what they do, you know, to comment so they know because what happened was when I called them, I was told that it's only 15 kilometers they can tow. So, which is just from there, it's no way. And the worst part of it is, they now, I had, they have to, because I say it has to go to Dublin at all costs. They said I have to pay 250 euros before the car can be towed, and I had to pay before they comes. I said no problem, because I had no choice. And then um, that was done, and the car is at home. And when the, uh, the, the, the rescue team came, so they saw that I was already distressed, and they did not want to tell me exactly what happened to the car, because they felt that it would be an added stress on me. Um, finally, when it was here at, the, at home, I rang my mechanic, he came, he told me that the, that the time belt was gone. So there's nothing you can do about it. And the car what the amount they are talking about I can't invest such money in such a car that in the next 6 months I will it will no longer be of any use. So but my question the question was why? And at some point I started to like god why? God why? That is sometimes we make that mistake and um And I believe that if God start to answer or give me quick answer to that question, I will not even understand it because I don't know his purpose for that. I don't know why he choose at that particular point for such to happen. So in all, I give thanks to him because I believe that when one door closes, another one opens. Sometimes you may stalk in a particular thing and you need a push to take a different stand or a different step. So I thank God for that, and um, he's doing a marvelous work at the moment. And um, I want all of you as well to keep on thanking him for the good things that is about to be done. So back to where we were, before I digress anyway, the affliction with which God visits us are greatly lessened or increases by the conduct of our friends or our relations, those that are close to us. When we are passing through difficulties, when something happens, their reactions matters a lot. It can increase our anxieties or lessen our plight. So by the uh, if they are kind and ready to assist us, they help us bear the burden. But if unkind, negligent and reproachful, they greatly increase our sorrows. We are talking about the uh, um, Job's friends, they were the ones that were saying whatever they were saying. They were not encouraging. Job was in a very deplorable state, but at that time he needed somebody. He needed somebody to encourage him. He needed somebody to say to him, It will be okay. The Lord is in control. But instead it was reproach, judgment. That was what he was getting. So some friends make things very difficult for us by the way they make us see things. Some friends are too pessimistic. They could make us behave negatively Towards God. They increase our guilt and make us stray ourselves' image. They help us to complain of God's unfaithfulness or rather unfairness to us. Such are not your friends in the first place. Rather, they are your enemies, or at best, circumstantial friends. Avoid those who cannot add to your belief. Those who could not help you to understand God's purpose for your life, avoid them. They are not a plus to you. Avoid people who only criticize you destructively. People who do not see anything good in you. Who do not see anything good in your situation. Who do not see anything good coming to you, and even your future. Those ones are there just to criticize, to lead you more astray. People who strongly believe that nothing good can come out of you, those are the people you need to avoid. They are not encouraging. Now, the reaction of Joe's friends was terrible and we must not make these mistakes. Some Christians believe that the best way to convert people is to criticize or rather the way to make people holy is to condemn them. No, we should not forget that it is because the law could not save the world that God sent his only begotten Son He did not come to condemn us. God did not send his son to come to condemn the world, but he sent him to come to die for the world. Jesus did not come to condemn the world, but to redeem us from the destruction caused by our sin. If you go with me to the book of um, John, John chapter 3 17 and 18 I know we are too familiar with chapter why with verse 16 but just let's look at 17 and 18 He said for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in him in the name of the only begotten Son of God. We should stop condemning others because we might not be better. The truth is that sinners know that they are sinners Most of them don't like the life they live, but have difficulty to change. And when we condemn them, we help them to be more rebellious to God. So we need to reach out. We need to reach out to them. Those that are not there, those that are not unbelievers, those that we feel that are sinners, we need to reach them. We need to encourage them to come out from the bondage of Satan. Back to Job, okay, Job um, twenty. Job 20, then Zophar, the Nenamatite, answered and said, Therefore my anxious thoughts makes me answer. Because of turmoil within me, I have had the rebuke that reproaches me, and the spirit of my understanding causes me to answer. Do you not know this of old, since man was placed on earth, that the triumphing of the wicked is short, and the joy of the hypocrite is but for a moment? Though his hotness mounts up to the heavens, and his head reaches to the cloud, yet he will perish forever like his own refuse. Those who have seen him will say, where is he? He will fly away like a dream and not to be found. Yes, he will be chased away like a vision of the night. The eyes that saw him will see him no more, nor will his place behold him anymore. His children will seek the favor of the poor and his hands will restore his wealth. His bones are full of his youthful vigor but it will lie down with him in the dust. Though evil is sweet in his mouth, and he hides it under his tongue, though he spare it, and does not forsake it, but still keep it in his mouth, yet his food is in his stomach turned sore. It becomes cobra venom within him. He swallows down riches, and vomit them up again. God casts them out of his belly. He will st- he will suck the poison of cobra, the viper's tongue will slay him. That's Job twenty sixteen. Here Zophar was speaking of the certainty of misery and the end of the wicked. The triumph of The triumph of the wicked and the joy of the hypocrites are fleeting. The pleasure and the gains of sin brings disease and pain. They ends in remorse, anguish and ruin. Dissembled or pretentious piety is double iniquity and the ruin that attends it will be accordingly. This is very true. But the point is, Zophar, his words were not timely. Sometimes we receive good counsel, pure message. And if it is not timely, it doesn't fit, and it will not make any difference. Our counseling should be t- should be timely and precise to the situation. And it should not be as to condemn. It should be to kind of strengthen us. So what Zophar was saying here was completely completely true. But it was not timely, and that's why it it was not needed at that point. Job needed encouragement at this point in time, not judgment or terrifying statements. Jesus came to preach the gospel to the poor. He came to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty them that are bruised to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. In our main text today, Job could not help but rebuke his friend who was supposed to comfort him in his time of trial. Job's reaction can be interpreted as, When I was in affluence or prosperity, you were my intimate friends and appear to rejoice in my happiness. But now you sincerely know, or rather scarcely know know me, or you profess to to consider me a wicked man because I am in adversity. Of this, you have no suspicion when I was in prosperity. Sometimes um, issues or circumstances defines who our close friends are. It defines who our allies are. It defines who our brothers, our sisters are. Circumstances. What Job is saying here is that you know all this while that I was, I'm a wicked man. You know all this time that I'm not worthy to call the, uh, the name uh, the Son of God. You know all this while, but you did not tell me you were rejoicing because I was in prosperity. Things was moving. Things were okay. You were rejoicing with me but now that things have gone sour you have realized that I am a wicked man most of times that is the stand we take when something happens even though not related there is this instance or rather what is going on now the the Russian olig- uh, oligarchs as they call them, recently, are being chased and uh, all their properties are being confiscated. Abramovic and all this, and all, some of, many many of them. My question is, before now, did this authority, did did they not know that they were criminals? They, uh, They harbored them, accepted them. They invested in their country. Paying their tax, but they know the source of the wealth. They know who they were. Now that issue came up, you turn around and start calling them bad men, criminals, this and that. To me, they are all the same. Because you know, they know, the, they know their history. They saw everything, yet you, they harbour them because of what they have. Now you turn around to call them criminal making yourself the good man to me it doesn't make sense that should not be our stand we condemn evil from the beginning we should not accept it in the first place to turn around when things are not moving the way we want it and start condemning it that is the way of the world and it should not be in Christendom Never rely on human beings for your joy. Circumstances changes man's mind. Trust in God, for He never changes. Numbers 23 19 says God is not a man that he should lie or a son of man that he should change his mind. He has said and will he not do it or has he spoken and will he not fulfill it? Psalm 102 25 27 Of old, you laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you will remain. They will all wear out like a garment. You will change them like a robe, and they will pass away. But you are the same, and your years have no end. Now, my question this morning is Are you facing a fall? or a precarious life situation? Are you wading through swarms of life? Please say with me this morning, I know that my Redeemer lives. Your Redeemer lives, lives no matter what is challenging you. Job's life, business, and family were wrecked by what we may consider unbearable suffering. And let's look at it together once again from verse 13 to 19. That Chapter 19, verse 13 to 19 says, He has removed my brothers far from me, and my acquaintances are completely estranged from me. My relatives have failed, and my close friends have forgotten me. Those who dwell in my house and my maidservants count me as a stranger. I am an alien in, the side, in their sight, I call my servant, but he gives no answer. I beg him with my mouth. My bread is offensive to my wife, and I am repulsive to the children of my own body. Even young children despises me. I arise and they speak against me. All my close friends abhor me, and those whom I love have turned against me. His business associates were completely estranged from him. His, his uh, kinsmen and friends have all forgotten him. Those who were receiving help from him now consider him a stranger. His servant's loyalty had been withdrawn and the wife now detested his breath. And even the children scorn and ridicule him. In fact, he was relegated to a point of non-entity. Even at the point the wife asked him to curse God and die. That was the worst place to be. The worst thing anybody can say to you. Curse God and die. He lost his health, children, friends, and all that made him important. But he did not lose his trust and confidence in God. That was the only thing that he held on tenaciously. Now, have you been through half of what Job has passed through? Have you woken up one day only to discover that your whole life savings... Are gone with the wind. Have you suddenly begun, or rather been diagnosed of a terminal health condition, or clinically written off? Have you just discovered that all you have sweated and labored for all your life to build and have, that have suddenly crumbled like a pack of cards? Have you become? subject of radical. Have you suddenly found yourself in the valley of life? Is your future bleak and there is no life light at the end of the tunnel? Are you at the verge of ending your life because of the tough or rather the tough situation you are passing through? Let's go back to verse 25. That's where the answer to this lies. Verse 25. it says, "For I know that my redeemer lives and he shall stand at the last at, at last on the earth. And after my skin is destroyed, this I know that in my flesh I shall see God, whom I shall see for myself, and my eyes shall behold, and not another. This should always be our stand. I know that my Redeemer lives, and that in the end he will stand upon the earth. That is confidence, that is trust in God. Your faith and confidence in God in face of adversity, Is your only strength and hope to overcome. A believer's life of faith is not a done deal, but a work in progress, a lifetime journey, and we should always excise faith in every life situation, in any condition, no matter what. Hebrew chapter 11 verse 6 says, but without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is, and that He is the rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Strong confidence in the Almighty God, a living Redeemer, and the expectation of meeting Him as a friend and portion support the soul in the deepest affliction. And causes it to rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Job's restoration to health, family, comforts, and general prosperity was prophetically declared by Job's word in verse 25. I know that my Redeemer lives, and that in the end he will stand upon the earth. Beloved brothers and sisters, let us learn to be positive in every life situation, in everything that we do. God is not dead. He is alive. He cannot abandon you. The trial is for a moment and I want you to understand that trials comes to develop your character. And if rightly born, makes you better. God does not afflict or expose his children to temptation because he takes pleasure in their distresses or exposure, but for their benefit, that they may be made wiser and better. And although no trials or exposure in themselves are joyous, but grievous, yet, as they are the means, when rightly improved of increasing holiness and usefulness, they should be received, not only with submission, but with gratitude and thanksgiving. Let us have confidence in God and learn to work with him, even when it is extremely difficult.